While You Are Folding, Episode 50, Organizing My Attitude Before My Closets. Hi, I'm Catherine Boucher, and you're listening to While You Are Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about my favorite things and my real imperfect life. I've been a wife for 11 years and a mother for nine. I won't pretend to be an expert. I will talk about the ups and downs, ask a whole bunch of questions, invite you into the conversation, and encourage you to share what you heard while you were folding. Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Wow. God, I cannot believe that we are recording episode 50 of this podcast, this community that has been created because I had this crazy idea to start just recording my ideas and talking about life and how you're working in my life. And I am so grateful for this chance to grow in relationship with people who identify with what I share about week after week. It has been such a fun hobby, and it is so life-giving, and God, I just thank you for the nudge to do something that takes time, but is so, it's just been really fun to do something just fun for me, so thank you for that, and thank you for all of these great listeners and As we jump into the discussion on a family rule of life, help all of us to get our hearts in order before we jump into the checklists, cleaning schedules, or the external structures that make our homes run. Please heal the areas of woundedness that are interfering with our family being able to flourish And for all of us who might be struggling with lack of respect or appreciation for what it means to be a homemaker, whether full-time or if we have another job outside of homemaking, keep our focus on the relationships that we have with you, with our spouses, our children, and all others that we are called to serve. And we ask all these things through your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello. Welcome to episode 50 of While You Were Folding. It snuck up on me, and if I were really good at planning, (laughs) I would have done something extra special for this episode. But we're just going to keep it ordinary, because we're in ordinary time after Advent and Christmas. Uh, so I'm just going to keep it real and say I didn't even realize <laughs> that it was episode 50, but here we are. I received so much awesome feedback on last week's episode, so rather than talk about what I've been up to since I last recorded, I'm just going to jump in and share what all of you had to say to me. Um, so last week, episode 49, I was talking about... I called it January Potpourri because I kind of jumped all over the place. But I spent quite a bit of time talking about how we are in the process of designing and building a home. And we met with our builder since last time I recorded, and we are almost done 
with giving him the green light on the plans so that we can start the bidding process. And then depending on what the weather does, hopefully be uh, able to break ground end of February or early March. So stay tuned on that front. But so many of you had such great ideas on where to look for inspiration on decorating and design and where to find some good artwork. Last time I talked about how I don't want to, I want to decorate our home with really beautiful, tasteful, religious art and not quote unquote Jesus junk. You know what I'm talking about? Plastic statues of Jesus and that kind of thing. Um, And so it's like God's in charge or something. Right after last week's episode, it was maybe a couple days later, um, I'm on Facebook and my good friend Annie from Omaha had posted this gorgeous picture of La Sagrada Familia, a beautiful cathedral in Barcelona. And I looked at the caption that she had posted on it, and it turns out her and her husband had purchased a um, commissioned piece of art from their Catholic grade school's art teacher, and they happened to belong to the parish that we were a part of when we lived in Omaha. And this former, um, this art teacher at their grade school did this gorgeous, I would call it pointillism version of a picture of La Sagrada Familia. And holy cow, this thing took my breath away. And I, being the weird Facebook stalker that I am, I <laughs> contacted this teacher and asked him if he would be interested in doing other commissioned pieces of artwork, possibly for our home in the future. And we've exchanged a couple of messages. So I just want to encourage all of you to think about the people in your life who have artistic talent to see if they might be willing to do commissioned pieces of artwork for you and for your family. Um, So I'm really looking forward to hopefully sharing an update on that front. And also Christine, another listener, she found a replica of the painting, The Angelus, that I was talking about last week. She found it at a nearby antique shop and wanted to share it with me. So Christine, thank you for sending that along. I have never been to that antique shop called The Brass Armadillo. I have had several friends go there before and have said how cool it is. So this might just be the nudge that I need to go and check it out. As for the actual house planning and decorating advice, I got tons of feedback on that front. So first, Emily, Emily was awesome (laughs) and sent me a bunch of things. She sent me Jordan Page. Now, apparently I've been living under a rock because I had no idea who she was and I had to Google her. Jordan Page is the fun, cheap or free lady. I don't know what that means. I'm assuming she gives people advice on how to find things inexpensively. Um, but she gives this, I think it's 25 minutes, a YouTube video, kitchen tour and kitchen remodel of how their family updated their kitchen. And she has all these cool, fun ideas of ways that you could make your kitchen work. So I'll link to that in the show notes. And then Courtney 
recommended following a blogger over at In Honor of Design. And the lady who runs in order of, in honor of design is called Anna. And it's a beautiful website. She has a lot of great ideas over there. And I've been in touch with some friends who have recently built or remodeled a home. And Julie and Laura, um, a couple different ideas that they had. And our builder had this idea to consider having a second dishwasher. Because when you think about the cost of a cabinet, it's not all that different. If you're doing a custom cabinet versus the cost of a dishwasher, to think about the convenience of a second dishwasher, your ability to have clean dishes on hand whenever you need them. Um, Another idea to have one of those hot water spouts on the kitchen sink so that it makes it easy for you to make tea or whatever else you might need hot water for. Um, another thing to have a really large kitchen island, not just for seating, but also to take advantage of the storage that an island can have without having to have upper cabinets that might obstruct a window and to have, uh, the island be used for custom cabinets or drawers so that you could store with pegs your glasses, your plates, your bowls. And then also if it's on your island's lower drawers, then when kids are loading and unloading, loading and unloading the dishwasher, then it's lower. It's easier for them to get to those drawers on a kitchen island than say an upper cabinet. So that was something that was really helpful to think about. And also windows and the importance of natural lighting in the gray winter months. I think I have gotten a little bit window crazy (laughs) with our home design and I might probably am driving our builder crazy with all of the places where I've said, actually, I'd really like to have a window here because Holy cow, in Nebraska, in these winter months, especially January, February, things are just kind of gray and brown outside. So having windows helps a lot. So those are all things that I'm keeping in mind. Brianna recommended a really great book called The Home Edit, A Guide to Realizing and Organizing Your House Goals. This book has a lot of organization ideas and ways to keep specific areas of your home looking the way you want them. So this one's more of a practical book for the day-to-day. You don't even need to be remodeling or building. It's just a great way for all of us living in homes to figure out how we want to use the different parts of our home and how we can optimize the space and make it work for us. I got the most amazing email from listener Beth Um, and it was so detailed and had so many great ideas that I don't have time to read all of it on the air, but I'm going to do my best to summarize it without losing the content. So Beth says, hi, Catherine, I have been listening to your podcast for a long time, and I am so happy that you are back to making them regularly. You are not an imposter. God has given you the means to communicate so well in this format. I love listening to your thoughts, hearing your inspirations, learning about your life with many children. I find this helpful since I have four of my own, ages 12 to to 3. 
and checking out your book recommendations. I am always delighted when I see a new episode pop up on my podcast queue. So thank you. You were asking about where to get religious art. I have not bought much myself, but a friend of ours told us about art.com and we're happy with their purchases there. So I can only give you a secondhand recommendation, but they do have a religion and spirituality page that includes the Angelus that you mentioned. And then she sent me a link and said that you can buy it framed, unframed, mounted to wood, etc. You can pick any size you choose. I also love that you are thinking about decorating slash setting up your new home for the benefit of your entire family. I don't really have any resources for you, but I just want to be a voice that encourages you to surround yourselves with things you and your family loves and to remember that your house never needs to look like it belongs in a magazine. I love that. (laughs) It should look like your family lives there. And then she went on to describe a couple of specific ideas that she thought would be great for our family. Um, Specifically, ideas showcasing our family's interests. So things that her family has done, they have an art gallery of kids' artwork. They have hung painted pottery from... um, a painted pottery piece from a date with her husband and several of her family members play different instruments and they've hung them in the living room. Also, her husband has a telescope and she wants to put it in a corner with framed pictures of the moon that he's taken. And she just encourages us to make space for hobbies. She created a chess table because she has some kids that like to play chess And having an actual space for it has made it more of a pleasure for them. And a couple other ideas. Maybe it would be helpful to make a vision board with things you and your family love on it. Favorite colors, pastimes you like, countries or places you've visited, heirlooms you love. Then use that to inform how you decorate. Actually, there is a book that I love to get ideas from, and that is The Inspired Room by Melissa Michaels. You might like it too. It's so pretty, and I think it is practical as well. And then Beth closed by saying that she's excited about this new series that I'm doing about a mother's rule of life because she started reading it a while ago and wants to revisit it. So Beth, thank you for your kind words. Thank you so much for your ideas, for sharing how your family has made your house into a home that is your own, and it really reflects your family's hobbies and interests and how you do life. And you have so many great ideas there. So thank you for that. Thank you for the link to art.com to check out everything that they have on there. And also the book, The Inspired Room by Melissa Michaels. So holy cow, great feedback this week, everyone. Keep it up and I'll keep sharing it on here. Today's topic, I wanted to do, I said last week, a deep dive on Holly Pierlow's book, A Mother's Rule of Life, How to Bring Order to Your Home and Peace to Your Soul. And my friend Courtney told me, that if you have an account on formed.org, there is a digital version of that book on there for free. So if you are on formed.org, be sure and check it out. There's a free copy digitally of A Mother's Rule of Life on there. All right, so let's talk about A Mother's Rule of Life. This book 
is very divisive in some circles, and I'm fully aware of that, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Um, If I could sum it up, I would say that a mother's rule of life is a prescriptive description of how a Canadian Catholic homeschooling mother of five brought order to her home after she reached her breaking point. So when I say it's prescriptive, it means she's pretty explicit in saying this is how to do it and how to bring order to your home. So there, in my experience, I have seen two different responses to this book. One camp thinks that the book is way too rigid, way too prescriptive, and has everything scheduled down to the last minute and that it's not necessarily a healthy way to do life. The other camp, mostly new moms, say that the book is helpful in getting the big picture of all of the things that need to be accounted for in helping a home. I would say that the overarching idea of the book is that a family is a domestic church and that it needs order and structure just like a monastic community would in order to thrive. And monastic communities have what are called a rule. And Holly explains in the book that, here's how she explains a rule. Quote, There are set norms and routines for community and private prayer, meals, chores, recreation, dress, house rules, and the exercise of the specific apostolate of the order. These are all essential to the smooth flow of family life. I read this book for the first time back in 2014, and it was interesting to think about the parallels that were happening in our family's life then and now, and also things that are really different. So back in 2014, when I first read this book, we had three kids, ages four, three, and six months. Philip was finishing up residency in pediatrics, and we were preparing to move to Lincoln for Philip to start his job as a pediatrician. And I had been at home full-time since our oldest was born. Well, since I finished out that school year that she was born. And I was, at that point, coming out of the fog of postpartum depression. And I was grasping to figure out what our new normal was going to be. And now that we've had some time passed by six years later, I'm returning to the book with a whole different mindset. And I would say that I'm returning to it now because Gloria, our youngest is 11 approach. Well, let's see. Yeah. 11. (laughs) You might be a mom of five kids if you don't know how old your baby is. (laughs) Okay. Her birthday is March 5th. So We're approaching 11 months, okay? And I think we've been out of hardcore survival mode for a while now, but we have not been what I would, we have not been doing what I would call intentional living, at least not quite in the way that I want it to. We've fallen into some bad habits during newborn survival mode, and now it's time for us to get back to some semblance of a rhythm. So 
I appreciate the book's general structure and the main goal, which I would say is to empower wives and mothers to make their house into a home where there's enough order and structure that it can create freedom within each day. So six years after reading this book for the first time, we have five kids now, and they're ages nine, eight, six, three, and almost 11 months, (laughs) as we've established. And just like last time when I read it, we were preparing to move. We are also preparing to move next year. And I would say the benefit of reading it again is that six years later, I am so much more confident, not only in my mothering skills, but also in my homemaking skills. Also, I can read this and I'm able to pick and choose what's going to work for our family and what won't, what's going to work for my temperament and what's going to work for individual family members' temperaments. And also, it's easier to embrace the entire book as a tool and not as something that I just have to embrace wholeheartedly. And honestly, that's how we should view any book that we read. So just because we're doing a deep dive into this book doesn't mean that I'm saying absolutely cover to cover, I think everything in it is fantastic. Because I don't. There's some different things about it that I disagree with. But like I already said, and I'm going to emphasize this a million times probably as I talk about this book, I think the kernel, the heart of this book, the spirit of the book is good. But if we have the wrong attitude and how we approach it, it can go disastrously wrong for us and for our families. So that being said, as a huge caveat, I want to quickly just give you the overarching structure of the book and then have a little discussion about things that we need to talk about before we actually jump into the meat of the book. So Holly Pierlo, the author, she searched for a rule of life for lay people. And for those of you who aren't Catholic, some of the terminology that I use here is pretty Catholic. So if you ever get confused, let me know, but I'll do my best to lay out the vocabulary. But a lay person just means someone who isn't a priest or a nun. So Holly could not find a rule of life for a lay person. And she decided to write one based on what a good and holy priest told her were the five P's priorities of the married vocation. The five P's in order are one, prayer, two, person, three, partner, four, parent, and five, provider. I am nearly done rereading this book, and I hope to finish it by next week. But this week, I thought I would just share my impressions and the fruit of the time that I've spent praying on it so far. Now, really, really important caveat. For all of you perfectionists and overachievers out there, Creating and implementing a rule of life will likely take most families, at least the ones who are doing it in a healthy, good way, a year. Let me repeat. (laughs) Creating and implementing a rule of life for your family will likely take a year. 
My goal today is to start the conversation and talk about how my family is re-pulling together a family rule of life, but I'm not going through all of the nitty gritty details today. We're just getting started. And when you create a rule of life, there are some really important considerations. There's a great quote from the book. Holly says, a rule is an organization of everything that has to do with your vocation based on a hierarchy of the priorities that define the vocation and done with the intent to please God. It deals with the essential responsibilities of your state of life organized to ensure their, their fulfillment. So basically a rule of life is everything that you're called to do as a wife and mother listed by priority and done because you love God. So after she lays all that out, she thought it would be helpful to show the daily schedule for Mother Teresa's order, the Missionaries of Charity. And when you look at their daily schedule, it is really striking because first you realize how simple it is. And you think about, okay, what is it that the Missionaries of Charity did? They spent their days serving the poor and in prayer. So knowing that those were their top two priorities, you look at their schedule and you see, okay, they spent seven hours of work with the poor, four hours in prayer. They had time for meals, chores, studies, recreation, and rest. And within their schedule, they included time for meal prep, meal cleanup, and all of the things that we usually don't allot realistic time for. So you look at that and you just realize, yeah, this is really simple. The schedule for the missionaries of charity is uber simple to allow them to do the things that God is asking of them in their vocation. And that's exactly what we need to be thinking about for ourselves when we start to pull together what our family's rule of life is going to be. So the first step in creating a family rule of life is to define what you're doing and why. You have to define what you're doing and why before you come up with your simple schedule. Without doing that, the rest of it is not going to matter. And that's where we have to push pause. So if you got a copy of the book and you jumped in and you want me to start going through the cleaning schedule, you're probably really disappointed (laughs) right now. Because we have to get first things first in order. How do I know? Because when I read this book in 2014, I was so zealous coming out of postpartum depression to have control, have order, to have the clean, organized closets. Because if I had external order, it made me have the illusion that my life was under control. But I did not organize my attitude before I organized my closets and things went disastrously wrong because of it, because I was nagging and yelling and having a negative attitude. And I didn't have the appropriate respect for my vocation as a homemaker. And so I want all of us to spend a lot of time praying on these questions, spend time asking God, why he wants you to do what you do as a homemaker. And when I talk about being a homemaker, that's regardless of whether you do it full-time or you have other ways that you work. All of us are homemakers because we live in homes. 
And again, when I say home, it's where your family lives. It doesn't have to be the category of home. It can be an apartment. It can be a rental. It can be whatever. It's where your family does life. The goal of a rule of life is that it has all of your tasks accounted for to bring order to your home so that you have lack of ambiguity for when the stuff happens in the day and where things go in the house. So like I said, my mistake reading the book the first time around, and this is where I think most people go wrong in reading a book like this, is thinking that the goal is just to have an orderly home. And don't get me wrong, it is great and it can be a big blessing to have order in your home, to have organization, to have homes for each thing, to have order to your day so that there's a routine that your family can rely upon. But it's never worth it if we're doing it for our own glorification, for our own sense of accomplishment, because we don't think that homemaking is doing much of anything. And so we set our self-worth on whether or not we have an empty kitchen sink at the end of the day as ridiculous as that sounds, or if it's at the expense of our relationships with our loved ones because we're nagging or we're yelling. So again, I realized that I was reading the book for those very same reasons and that I, when I approached this book again, that I had the very same temptations as I did when I first read this book. Because when I thought about revisiting this book, it was, yeah, okay, it's time to bring order and structure back into our family. But I'm making myself hit pause. And this past week, I spent some time with Jesus working through a couple things. And so spending that time in prayer, I had the reminder from Jesus to revisit two different resources. And both of them were recommended to me by my dear friend, Amy Zeleny. And you might remember her name. Amy was on uh, While You Were Folding, episode four. We were talking about prayer. So hmm, weird that I would think about my friend Amy in prayer, who was on my podcast episode about prayer, to encourage me to have a stronger prayer life and respect for my vocation as a wife and mother. Hmm, yeah, <laughs> she's the best. So the first thing Amy recommended this great podcast. It's called Simply Convivial. And again, I'll link to it in the show notes. Misty Winkler is the host. She has a website, Simply Convivial, too. And Simply Convivial, I have become the biggest fangirl of this website and podcast in the past week. Her, Misty Winkler's whole thing is that we have to organize our attitudes so that we can organize our life. And that was the inspiration behind my title for this podcast episode, Organizing My Attitude Before My Closets. She says, repent, rejoice, repeat. Each day we're going to screw up. And the first step is to repent to Jesus. He brings us to rejoicing because we've been reconciled to him. And then we repeat because we're going to do it over and over and over again. She wants to help all of us to get out of the cycle of boom and bust. And this is the perfect year to talk about, the perfect time of year to talk about it, because in the new year, 
We have these lofty goals, lofty aspirations that this is going to be the year that we're going to turn this tendency that we have around. And so we have these really big lofty aspirations about how we're going to change those things. And we boom, we go, 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 go really hard. And then we crash and burn and bust. And the reason we do that is because we don't take the time to organize our attitudes before we organize our lives. So I couldn't think of a more fruitful thing to spend time on before we do a mother's rule of life. Because again, a mother's rule of life, the whole goal is to organize your daily routine, your home, the structures of your schedule, the physical home, so that your family, your relationships can have the freedom to move on throughout the course of your day. Every item that you own has a home that's accounted for so that there's structure to bring peace and calm. But if we don't have the right attitude, there's no way we can go about organizing our physical homes. So there is a great podcast episode that I want to point you toward from Simply Convivial. It's podcast number 119. It's called Make a Home, It's Your Job. Misty talks about how we as women are atmospheres within our homes. And I'd never heard that term before. I've talked about how sometimes I feel like I'm the thermostat of our family. If I'm in a bad mood, everyone's in a bad mood. If I'm in a good mood, for the most part, everyone's in a good mood. And it won't matter how clean or organized the home is if we're not pleasant to be around. And if I can change my heart so that everything that I do, all those things that I list in my duties for my rule of life, if I do all of those things out of love and obedience instead of resentment, toward my family for undoing my work, things will go better. If I remember that Adam and Eve in the garden were working and tending the garden before the fall, that working and tending the garden was not a result of the fall, things will go better. Tending faithfulness and fruitfulness. It's not something that we do once that if we organize the closet or we clean up the bedroom, it's not going to stay that way forever. That is not how things work in creation. If, if I think I can do this mother's rule of life, set it all up and just let it go without having to tend to it. If I do the same thing with my housework, if I clean the family room, and then have this organization system in place for the toys and have these organized bins, and then think that I can just let it go. That is deism, making a God out of that, and then just letting it operate. It's making the house or system an end unto itself. Misty said, a lot of the work that we do as homemakers is just hitting the reset button. (sighs) Oh, after I heard that, I really, it was kind of a gut punch because I realized, wow, that's the reason I find it so discouraging because it feels like the laundry can only be done 
for a minute (laughs) before there's another article of clothing tossed into a hamper or something that was missed below someone's bed. And our people in our families are wearing clothes. So those ones are getting dirty (laughs) anyway. But if we have the wrong attitude about it, it's so easy to fall into discouragement and disillusionment about it. Instead of thinking, okay, God, why is it that you're asking me to do this job and to do it out of faithfulness to him, to what it is that he's asking of you? So something as simple as doing dishes, I do the dishes so that they're ready for the next meal. And I want them to be ready for the next meal so that they can be a blessing to the person that's going to use the cup, the bowl, the fork, the whatever. There's another quote that she said, and this one is probably my favorite from the whole episode. She said, our end goal isn't making everything the way we think it should be. Oh. <laughs> Repeat. Our end goal isn't making everything the way we think it should be. Our end goal is glorifying God and enjoying him forever, starting now. And whatever effort does not do that is effort spent in vain. Did you hear that? I'm going to repeat it. And whatever effort does not do that is effort spent in vain. So whatever we're doing, if it's not glorifying God, and if it's not helping us to enjoy him forever, starting right now, it's in vain. She goes on to say, so get organized first by knowing that organization is about self-control and walking in faithfulness, not about organizing your closets, and it's not about making things go your way. Boom. (laughs) Mic drop. You hear that? We're going to talk about walking in faithfulness. So being faithful, being obedient, being diligent to the thing that God has put in front of us. And it's about self-control. It's not about organizing the closet. And it's not about making things go your way. So show of hands, (laughs) how many recovering perfectionists, high achievers out there are really disappointed in the direction that this episode took? I probably would be if I were on the receiving end. It's it's a good gut punch, isn't it? It's so important that we get this right. If we don't get this right, and if we're tempted to just move on to the organization structure of what the chore lists are going to be, then it's not going to go well. And I want you to walk away from the book, from A Mother's Rule of Life right now because it's not going to be a blessing for you and for your family. But if you're willing to do some hard work this next week, the book can bless your family. So I want you to listen to the second resource that Amy recommended that I spent a lot of time in prayer with this past week. It's a book, and I do not know how to pronounce the author's name, so I'm going to just butcher it, and I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, it's called Holy, excuse me, I have a little bit of a cold. It's called Holiness for Housewives and Other Working Women by Dom Hubert Von Zeller. And, um, I don't love the title because I don't like the word housewives 
but it's a beautiful book. If you can get over some of the more archaic language, there is so much goodness here. It's written by a priest talking about the vocation of being a homemaker. And there's just one quote from the book that I want to share today, and that's going to set us off on what I'm going to call our homework for the week, for how to get things right before we start a mother's rule of life. So again, the book is called Holiness for Housewives and Other Working Women. And on my copy, this quote is on page 19. He says, The first necessity is to find in your soul a respect for your your vocation. Once you have this sense of mission, this sense of dedication to a cause more worthwhile than any purely personal claim, the rest can follow. Prayer, self-sacrifice, loyalty, perseverance, and in fact the whole list, come spontaneously to the soul who concentrates upon the vocation immediately present and refuses to look at the vocation over the hill. These virtues come spontaneously. That is to say, they are felt to be the they are felt to be the appropriate thing. But of course, this does not mean that they come easily. Little in the spiritual life comes easily. Temptation comes easily. Resisting temptation does not. So again, we have to have respect for this vocation, to have a sense of being a homemaker, being a mission, that if we have dedication to it, that it's more worthwhile than anything else that we can possibly do. And man, (laughs) I mean, if that doesn't inspire you, I don't know what would. So we have a lot to think about in this next week before we jump into the rest of a mother's rule of life. And I promise that we will get to the rest of the book in the weeks to come. And maybe this just is God's way of giving you some extra time to find your copy of the book. (laughs) So just remember, it is so important to organize our attitudes before we jump into organizing our closets. Before you come up with a schedule or organize your spice rack, I want you to work on this homework. Spend some time in prayer and have a heart to heart with Jesus. And if you're like me, bring your journal with you because if you're moving your pen, it's easier for you to keep your mind focused on what it is that God's trying to tell you. So a couple questions that I want you to think about, and I have all of these listed in the show notes, so you don't have to write these down, but some questions that I want you to ask Jesus. What are the duties you want me to do? Why do you want me to do them? And that's probably going to take you a while to think about and to think about, are these things that I'm coming up with or are these things that Jesus truly wants me to do? And it might be fruitful for you to create a column in the list and then have a list on the left-hand side of the column. It says job or task. And then on the right next column, it says why I do it. And if you spend some time thinking about the why you might start to realize maybe even half of the things on your list are things that you think you have to do. And maybe it's because 
they are to stroke your own ego about how you have things put together instead of doing the thing because it blesses your family or doing the thing because you think it's something that God really wants you to do. So that's probably going to take you a while to go through that and think about that. What are the duties you want me to do and why do you want me to do them? And then the next question, do I have the appropriate respect for this vocation that you've given me? If not, why not? Can you heal the areas of woundedness that I have been in the areas of woundedness that I have that involve my vocation? The next series of questions, do I do the quote unquote boom and bust cycle on repeat in homemaking? In other words, do I go, 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 and then burn out? Have I stopped to consider it might not have anything to do with my organization system and everything to do with my own attitude? And I want you to have a challenge of the week. And this is something that I'm working on too. And I already came up with my answers and I'll share them as an example. So my challenge for the week is to ask you, what's one shift in attitude that I'm going to resolve to make toward my vocation as homemaker? What's one shift in attitude I'm going to resolve to make toward my vocation as homemaker? And again, this doesn't mean that all of you are in the home full time. This means all of us have a place where we do life with our families. And I want all of us to think of one shift in attitude that we can make toward our vocations as homemakers. So mine, my shift in attitude is my children's speed is not too slow. I am too fast. I need to live at their speed. So after you've come up with your shift in attitude, I want you to think about how will I know when my attitude is changing? In other words, what are the attitudes, observations, responses to this shift that will help me to see that I'm actually doing this thing. So if my shift in attitude is my children's speed is not too slow, I'm too fast, I need to live at their speed, I will know when my attitude is changing if there are fewer tears, if there's more spontaneous affection, if there's less nagging from me, if I have mental prayer for patience in those moments when I would ordinarily be nagging, if I have better time management and plan appropriately for their abilities. So if I'm planning for the time to bundle up before we leave the house, instead of just thinking we can pick up and go, all of those things are going to help me to adjust my mindset the shift in attitude that I'm going to work on in my vocation as homemaker. So I hope that this discussion is fruitful for you and for your families, just to really keep in mind how important it is to organize your attitude before you even think about organizing your closet. Next week, I'm going to share more from that book, Holiness for Housewives and Other Working Women and all the wisdom that he has to share about developing a prayer life. We're going to start with talking about a prayer life because it ties in perfectly with a mother's rule of life's first P that we talked about earlier. That first P is prayer because we have to get our relationship with God right before we think about anything else. So 
Again, I hope this discussion was a blessing for you. I'm looking forward to hearing what you think about it. Maybe you struggle with the same things that I do and you're tempted to organize your closets before you organize your attitude. And I want to hear about it. You can email me at podcast at katherineboucher.com. Find me on Facebook or Instagram, or you can send me a voicemail on Voxer, that free walkie-talkie app. That's always my favorite because I love hearing your real voices. Just search for me on there as Katherine Boucher. If you liked the show, as always, please share it with a friend that helps the show to get in front of as many people as possible so that this great community of listeners can keep growing. Until next time, don't be afraid to begin again and share what you heard while you were folding.